0: This is The Rundown. The rundown. The Rundown. Hosted by Luke Lipinski. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Live from the Auction Community Studio for the next half hour. Luke Lipinski here with you. Jesse Morrison behind the glass. Jeff Darge randomly dancing as well. We have two people running the show tonight. This is huge. Oh, no. Jeff's just here to dance. Okay. <laughs> and- and Jeff might might actually dance the entire show. It's it's entirely possible. Uh, we got Suns Warriors coming up at the bottom of the hour. Suns have just uh, four games left in the regular season, and I, we can start there. Let's, let's start there. We're gonna have Kellen Olson in next segment, which is also the last segment of the show. That's what happens. When it's a half hour show, but the uh, these final few games for all these teams in this this little race here the, the the jazz the suns the blazers and the lakers so i'll say those four teams these games matter down the stretch i don't i don't necessarily think the suns are are as lined up to play the lakers as a lot of people seem to assume they are the suns are the 2 seed right now the lakers are the 7 seed a that stuff can change b just being the 7 seed going into that play in tournament doesn't mean you're the 7 seed coming out of it So it's important here. I mean, if you're the Suns, you just just control what you can control at this point. You've got four games left. You've got Golden State tonight. You've got Portland Thursday. Put a pin in that one for a second. And then you've got San Antonio Saturday and Sundays. Three of those are road games. The game on, on Thursday against Portland is at home. My perspective on the Suns, I know we've had a bunch of different poll questions on the website. I think Burns and Gambo had one as well, or at least a version of it, of, you know, who do you want to play? Who do you want to avoid in the first round? The reason I want to avoid the Lakers in the first round is there's a decent chance if I avoid the Lakers in round one, that means that the Lakers and Clippers have to play either in round one or in round two. That, to me, is a big deal. I know that there's that, that portion of the Suns fan, whatever that percentage is of the, of the population of Suns fans, like, no, bring on the Lakers. We want the Lakers. I admire that, and that's great. Bring on the Lakers in the third round. I don't need to to have an extra difficult path through the playoffs. Give me Portland in the first round, give me Memphis somehow. Give me Golden State even. In a best of 7, I'm pretty confident in the Suns' ability to beat Golden State. I don't really want Golden State in like a in a game 7 necessarily, but whatever. It's not going to be easy. I mean, anybody you play in the Western Conference in these playoffs is probably going to be difficult. All the way down to the 8 seed right now, you're looking at Golden State. But there's a reason, if you are the the Suns, to get into that number one seed because it means you're avoiding the Lakers in round one almost certainly. And the bigger deal to me is the Lakers and Clippers probably would have to play in round two. And if the Lakers climb up into the sixth seed, they're going to have to play the Clippers in round one. That is a, a huge part of the equation for the Suns making it out of the Western Conference for me. It's not that I don't think they can beat the Clippers. It's not that I, I think they can't beat the Lakers. It's not that. It's just I don't want to have to go through the Clippers and the Lakers and the Nuggets or whoever and the Jazz. Like There is a way to have an easier path, and if you're the Suns, you still control it to a certain extent. Now, the play-in tournament puts a lot of variables in there, and I get that, which is why we go back to that Blazers game on Thursday. That's really the biggest game here for the Suns. Like If you go down the stretch here and you win out in these final four games, which is very possible, I mean, you figure probably the hardest Game is tonight against Golden State, and Golden State just played last night. If you win out here, I, I think you're going to catch Utah. Utah's only got three games left: Portland, Oklahoma City, and Sacramento. Portland tomorrow, and then the Thunder Friday, the Kings Sunday. But remember, you have the tiebreaker over Utah, so if you can just pull into a tie with them, you probably you'll get the number one seed. So if the Suns win tonight, they're a game back, and each team has three games to go. But I really do think the bigger deal is the Lakers climbing into that sixth seed, which is why that game on Thursday is big. If you beat Portland, you help push them down into the play-in tournament and move the Lakers up. Because the part that nobody's talking about here is it's entirely possible if the Lakers finish seventh and they play Golden State in in the the play-in tournament, that Golden State wins that game. And the Lakers would probably beat Memphis or San Antonio, whoever. But you could still play the Lakers as the number one seed. That's the part that keeps getting forgotten about here. And like I said, a one and done with against Steph Curry, the way he's played this year. Are you telling me you'd really be that shocked if the Lakers went into the play-in tournament and played Golden State? You'd be that shocked if Golden State won that game? And then the Warriors are the seventh seed and the Lakers are the eighth seed, basically. It's a lot of it's a lot of moving parts, it's a lot of numbers, it's a lot of looking at everybody's schedule. The biggest thing to me at the end of the day is avoid the Lakers in round 1 because there's the hidden bonus of that probably means the Lakers would have to play the Clippers before they play you. But again, at this point all you can control is what you can control. And if you're the Suns, win out here. You win out, give yourself a chance at the number 1 seed along the way you'll you'll push Portland down closer to LA. LA's game's remaining. They've got the the Knicks tonight. LeBron's not going to play, but there's a decent chance LeBron comes back uh, tomorrow against Houston. They close with the Pacers in New Orleans. So it's not inconceivable. The Lakers, I mean, I understand they haven't won two games in a row since March 26th and March 28th. But if they get LeBron back tomorrow, there's no reason to believe they won't win those last three games. So it's it's still very much uh, in play that they just move up into the sixth seed which is fine, and then let them play the Clippers. That's, that's perfect. That's The ideal scenario right now is that the Lakers start winning games here to close out the regular season, and then they start losing in the playoffs. All right, let's get into the rapid reaction. The Rundown Rapid Reaction. Rapid reaction. Reacting to today's top three trending sports stories. We'll get back into the Suns here in just a second because, like I said, Kellen Olson of Arizonasports.com is going to come on next segment. But I do want to hit baseball. The D backs are at home tonight, taking on the Miami Marlins. Finally, got a win last night to snap that six game losing streak and got a pretty strong performance out of Luke Weaver, which was big for the Diamondbacks, but probably even bigger than for Luke Weaver, right? A 5 2 win over Miami. And um, he got pulled, uh, not early, I don't want to say early, but, I mean, he had only thrown 75 pitches, went six in the third. We saw Torrey do a version of this, Torrey Lavella, we saw him do a version of this with Madison Bumgarner a few starts ago where Bumgarner had been struggling, had been really bad to start the year. And then he had, a, like, an okay game before the, the seven-inning no-hitter, and Torrey pulled him fairly early. Kind of, you can see what he's doing, right? Just, if you're trying to, to rehabilitate a pitcher and you think some of it might be mental, and they've given you five or six strong innings, and it's the first time in a while, all right, maybe you pull them at that point. Let him have that. Let them sort of bake in that positivity for a few days before their next start. It worked with Bumgarner. Ideally, it'll work for Luke Weaver, but they did ask him afterwards if he was upset leaving after just 75 pitches. No comment. I'm just, <laughs> of course I did. I'm at 75 pitches. I'm feeling really good. Um, you know, he's got a job to do. I, you know, I go out there and I do mine, and when the when the day is over with, then, um, you know, time to get back for the next one. So today felt great, um,
1: and excited going forward.
0: Yeah, Weaver had what three, one, two, three innings there, and I mean that's just so big, especially the first inning of the game to just kind of get in that rhythm as a pitcher. Fifty-eight of the seventy-five pitches for strikes. They don't need Luke Weaver to be what they need Madison Bumgarner to be. Bumgarner on the mound tonight. That game starts at 640. He'll be opposed by Pablo Lopez on the mound for the Marlins. Now Miami's got a couple good hitters. Really one of their best this season has been former D-backs prospect Jazz Chisholm, and he's not playing right now. So uh, this, this is a chance for the D-backs to erase some of the uh, damage done by that three-game sweep that they were on the wrong end of in Miami last week. Over to the NFL. The schedule release is tomorrow. It's about 23 hours away. We figure we should know it a little bit before five o'clock tomorrow evening. So that's when we'll get the Cardinals' full schedule. Week one of the NFL schedule is supposed to be released sometime tomorrow morning. So keep an eye on that. I mean, it's the NFL. It's it, it, they will turn it into a, a a day of the NFL calendar and a holiday and all that stuff. We you know you know the teams that you're going to play. If you know the uh, the NFL scheduling formula, but you don't necessarily know when and you know I know a lot of people plan their their trips around this stuff like if you're playing on Thanksgiving or whatever. This might be a like chicken before the egg or question, but what do you care about more, the opponent release day or the schedule release day? Um you can kind of piece together the opponents based on where you finished. So I guess I guess the schedule release because I want to know, I mean, are they closing with the Rams again like they do every single year? Is it, it's the Rams or the Seahawks every year, right? I want to know when Patrick Peterson's coming back to town. It does not Not so concerned about when Mason Cole's coming back to town, but I want to know when Patrick Peterson's coming back to town. There's also the possibility that the Cardinals, they, they play a road game against Jacksonville this season. Jacksonville, it sounds like, is going to have a game in London, so it is possible the Cardinals would have a road game in London against Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. Either way, they're going to play Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars at some point. Uh, but, yeah, the home games outside of you know the 49ers, the Seahawks, and the Rams. They're the Panthers, Packers, Colts, Texans, and Vikings will all be coming here to State Farm Stadium this season. And finally, ASU, stop me if you've heard this before, but they had another basketball player enter the transfer portal, this time Remy Martin. And the whole system now is kind of getting convoluted because it's just, it, it, we're getting to the point where it feels like Half the players in college basketball are in the transfer portal because they're deciding if they have a chance to go into the NBA or if they want to go play in Europe or the G League or whatever or if they're going to come back to their school or if they're going to go play somewhere else. Jesse, you and I were talking about it off the air before the show started. The only scenario that's going to be really weird to me is if Remy Martin, after he's, he's been on ASU for seemingly forever, if he's playing for another college next year, that'll be weird. Yeah, it would look so weird. It would be like Ken Griffey Jr. playing for the White Sox. that happened. And it it was weird. Manny Ramirez, too. And Albert Pujols might. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Albert Pujols can play basketball for ASU. Because I don't (laughs) Sun Devils are. I know they have a bunch of recruits in there. And Gambo made a good point earlier. This is not a horrible loss for ASU. Remy Martin was great for the program. But they already expected to lose him. So they have recruited guys based on the idea that Remy Martin wouldn't be here this season anyway. All right. We come back. We will get into the Suns ahead of the Suns game. That's next with Kellen Olsen. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station and the home of the Suns. Home of the Suns. We're checking in with Suns nerd, Kellen Olsen on the Rundown. Yes, here we go. One of the all-time fan favorite segments. I don't have the stats to back that up, Kellen, but I'm just going to assume that's the case. Kellen You's, Olson is here. You said it. It's true. Yeah.
1: That's okay.
0: And Kellen Olson's here in studio because the last time we were going to have him on, something happened, we didn't have the show. Time before that, we were going to have him on. The phone lines went dead. So this time, we just have Kellen in the actual studio. So unless somebody comes in here and drags you out
1: in the next 10 minutes, we're going to talk some Suns basketball. I think I came in here for like the trade deadline, but it's been like over a year since I've been in here with you. So this is strange but familiar. Ah, wow, you're right. It's probably 2019. Back yeah. then, the Suns were not the number two, or possibly number
0: one <laughs> Oh, how things have changed. Yes, they have. Um, okay, w- w- I mean, the, the, the main talking point, I guess, to start with the Suns is how badly do you want to avoid the Lakers in round one? I am firmly in the I don't want the Lakers in round one. I'll take them later. That's fine. That's part of the deal if you want to go deep, but I don't want them in round one. Where do you stand on that?
1: I'm completely with you to the extent of doing what you can do. I, I don't think you can... As a team, you get you get in a dangerous spot where you're you're playing to get the more favorable matchup. But if you just like play with this fear of like we have to not play these guys, and then you you play against these guys, it feels like you're already mentally like down on the on the scorecard. You know, so yeah. uh, there's a delicate balance for them. But just speaking from a perspective away from theirs, I think that they should definitely fear the Lakers more than any other team in the league. Honestly, even looking at Eastern Conference opponents, if like, like you want to talk about a finals matchup for them. I just think it's a terrible matchup, and I think it goes way beyond some of the more traditional things people have been talking about, which has been like the size and like even playoff experience, things like that. You just look at the style of play that the Suns have. They're a better defensive team than an offensive team, and when their defense gets going, that's what helps their offense the most. They're one of those teams where you really notice that cliche of our defense helps us turn into our offense, and something teams say a lot, but sometimes it's not true. It's definitely true with this team. Whenever they struggle offensively, it's because of their defense. And then when you look at Anthony Davis and LeBron James, you just wonder who exactly is going to guard those guys for the Suns. And then when you look at them offensively, we saw this a lot in the last matchup in terms of how they struggled offensively, but that was without LeBron James. And because of the Suns personnel, you're probably going to have Anthony Davis starting on Jay Crowder, and you're probably going to have LeBron James starting on Mikkel Bridges. And those two are just going to be roaming free safety menaces. And the Suns are actually going to have to get those guys involved in actions, probably, which they're terrific defenders. So then you're like, eh, well, do we want to, or where do they hurt us the most? And what we've seen in previous matchups as well this year is that the Lakers have chosen to let other guys beat them. And the Suns have done that. They did that in that first matchup when Booker got ejected. The, the uh, supporting pieces were great. But can they do it over a full playoff series? That's probably what they're going to challenge the Suns to do. Uh, and they just like also have like decent personnel to defend Chris Paul. I'm not saying that Dennis Schroeder and Alex Caruso are Chris Paul stoppers by any means, but Contavious Caldwell Pope's not too bad on Devin Booker either. So just like individually as a team, stylistically, I, I don't really like any of the matchup at all. Uh, big picture, and this doesn't
0: necessarily have to assume a first round matchup with the Lakers because like you and I were talking out in the newsroom, people are, are acting like it's a done deal. It's, it's the most likely scenario, but it doesn't make it likely. I mean, there's a lot of teams they could still play. But, you know, you look at Chris Paul, and he's getting MVP buzz, and, and and deservedly so, and Devin Booker's averaging close to 26 points a game, and those are the two guys you look at as obviously the main pieces. But when we get into the playoffs, given the relative lack of depth they have up front, where would you rank DeAndre Ayton's importance on this team, and does it change if they're playing the Lakers?
1: For the postseason, like, yeah. specifically? yeah. It absolutely changes when they play the Lakers because the best answer they have for Anthony Davis is Deandre Ayton, but the number one thing everyone brings up is you got to keep him out of foul trouble. So can you have Deandre Ayton spend the majority of his time on the court defending Anthony Davis? And at a certain point in a series, let's say around the game three, game four, game five, or whatever, if things are trending a certain way, Phoenix is favorable. The Lakers have that card they can turn to, which is playing Anthony Davis at the five. Now you have to guard him the entire time. Can you stay out of foul trouble? Can you attack him enough on the other end? And then again, back to something I was talking about before, if you think about Davis... As a center and him defending DeAndre Ayton it's not so much that he's going to stop DeAndre Ayton in the post. It's the fact that who's setting a screen for Chris Paul and Devin Booker every time it's yeah. DeAndre Ayton, So then they're turning the corner. There's Anthony Davis, perhaps the best defensive player that we have in the league right now, certainly one of the three or four best. And, and that is something where it's problematic in terms of how much his impact can outweigh Ayton's if they match up against each other. And I just think it's about DeAndre finding a way to impact the game himself because that was the biggest problem with his performance on Sunday is that when... He only takes three shot attempts. People will say that's indicative of like his performance and how much he is um, asserting himself in the game, however you want to phrase it. It also speaks to the Suns' failures, though, to get him involved and get him the ball on top of the fact that he's not doing the offensive rebounding necessarily. He's not diving as hard as he normally does, and those are like the little things that he has to do and the little things that he has been doing for the most part in the second half of the season that has been so encouraging with his development. Yeah. It just,
0: it feels like that Lakers series puts you in a position where you, if it's right out of the gate, where you have to ask Ayton to do more than maybe you want to right out of the gate. And also that just seems like the one that, that matchup in the first round seems the one where it's most likely we are talking about officiating and DeAndre Ayton. And I don't necessarily well, want that in the first round.
1: Well, you talk about a young player playing in his first postseason. Hey, you might need to guard their be- best <laughs> player, quote unquote. Yeah. You also need to be the guy that you always are for us consistently, which unfortunately he has not proven he is capable of doing this season in terms of being at nine times out of 10. Now that number has gone up from the previous two years, of course, but in his first postseason, like, hey, go defend Anthony Davis. Also, it's such a tough ask for the guy and why it always comes back to the playoff inexperience for some of these sons, unfortunately, in terms of what could be their downfall.
0: Yeah, it's it's just it's almost an unfair ask. And again, I know you're going to have to, if you want to go all the way, you're going to have to go through the Lakers at some point. But I'd rather have that series where I ease in with DeAndre Ayton in his first series against Memphis or whoever. Um, ESPN put out their future rankings, and they had the Suns number nine overall. They had the Clippers number two, which is interesting, because Kawhi, I think, could still destroy that team. But I don't really care about the Clippers where they are. The Suns in particular, there's been so much talk of – the window being this year and next year with Chris Paul, it can be longer than that, though. How do you see that playing out, and what, what in your mind, is the biggest step to make sure this isn't just a two-year thing where they're this good?
1: I think the second part of your question is the most important, which is, you need to get a certain amount of playoff experience out of these next two years. Dan Bickley wrote a really good piece on ArizonaSports.com. You can read right now about a Lakers matchup, and one of the things that he wrote about is, it, like, Chris Paul title window. Obviously, you want to pursue that, but at the same time, I think that Chris Paul's primary responsibility here is to get these three, four main pieces of the core ready to where they can do this on their own. They won't need Chris Paul anymore. And if they just get beat by the Lakers in five or six games in the first round, that's not a ton of playoff experience that they're getting and not much of an experience just getting handled like that by by a superior team. So I think that the steps for them to take forward are to get those advancing in the playoffs for sure like i i think this year like you have to make it to the second round and then hopefully if chris paul is still able to play at this level next year which i think you will be able to some of the young guys improve again you're able to keep this team together you can make a run at the western conference finals or even the finals next year with the experience you've gotten as a group because talking about playoff and experience all that's great and stuff but chris paul says all the time like he talks about this group and it's a These guys have only been together this year in in terms of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre. And you look across the Western Conference and like the main one, two, three pieces of all of those teams. You've got Gobert and Mitchell in Utah and Denver. They had Murray. He went down, but they've still got Jokic there and some of the other pieces that they have around him. The Lakers, LeBron and AD, the Clippers, Kawhi and Paul George. All those guys have been through wars together. The Suns haven't yet. And that's what they need to get. In these next two years. So when we are talking about this team in 2025 or whatever we can reference the fact that they've been through a ton together already and where their experience actually becomes an advantage over some of these younger up and coming teams, where you start talking about like New Orleans or or Memphis or whatever, a couple of years down the line. Kellen, good stuff.
0: We've waited a long time to have you in studio to actually be able to talk about playoff basketball. Uh, we only got a minute, but here, just out of the East, who do you think is coming out of the East? Is it is it as clear cut as people are trying to make it with Brooklyn, or does Philadelphia being the number one seed really help them out?
1: It is. I think a more interesting thing to talk about with the playoffs is the getting the number one seed. People talk about avoiding the Lakers. How about avoiding the Lakers and the Clippers potentially? Yeah. If you're looking at the one seed you could play the winner of the Nuggets and the Mavericks, and I feel very comfortable with the Suns beating either of those teams, you're in the Western Conference Finals just like that. You play Memphis or Golden State or whatever in the first round, those teams in the second round, you're golden.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And, that, and that's that's the thing. I think people get caught up in the whole, like, well, I, I'm not going to be scared of the Lakers. It's like, it's fine. But if I can go through
1: Memphis and Dallas to get to the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, sign me up. How about if you beat the Lakers and if you beat the Clippers or, uh, or the Clippers and then you get to the Western Conference Finals, how much you been through just yeah. like physically worn down by those two series yeah. yeah it's it's a way tougher path
0: kellen great stuff man i know we'll have you in here a lot to talk about actual playoff games that's the next step this is exciting huge. times. this is craziness all right that's kellen olsen uh thanks to kellen for joining us and um well we got a couple seconds here before the suns take on the warriors no kelly Oubre tonight that's uh it's always sad when there's no kelly Oubre in the games against the suns but steph curry is a. Uh, Still there and, and doing Steph Curry things. That's the interesting one to me is if, if Golden State catches the Lakers in that play-in and all of a sudden they're the seventh seed. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, thanks to Cal Olson. Thanks to Jesse Morrison behind the glass. I'm Luke Lipinski. This has been the Rundown. We've got Suns Warriors coming up next on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.